relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. Are you impressed with the way Capitol Hill functions, the Congress and the Senate? I uh, grew up in the parliamentary system, watching the debates in the House of Commons. A little bit more boisterous there, but there are moments even here in Washington, D.C., where things get serious, things get a little bit lively, especially when the question of the border comes up. Here is uh, one senator, Josh Hawley, who's had it with all the lies, and the Department of Homeland Security secretary who spins them. Here's a reminder. Why have you permitted 345,000 children to come into this country unaccompanied? Why have you permitted thousands of them to be abused and exploited? Senator, what we do is we enforce the law. But let me just say this. <laughs> but you're it not. Is, it is stunning to me, stunning to hear you say that the prior administration reunited children with their parents. Oh, I see. When so this fact, is their fault. When in so fact, you're not going to take any responsibility for the indentured servitude and exploitation of children that is happening on your watch. A moment ago, you were crowing about the fact that you treated children so well, and yet we find tens of thousands of children who are forced to work as slaves because of your policies, and you turn around and blame a prior administration. Mr. Secretary, this is par for the course for you. You do it every time you appear before this committee. You do it every time you appear before Congress. I, for one, am sick and tired of it, and thousands of children are in physical danger, danger, because of what you are doing. I'd like to see energy like that more often on the big issues from our representatives and from our senators But at least we heard it there. What is the truth about the last three years? Can it be undone? Well, let's talk to a man who uh, I've been looking forward to this one-on-one interview for quite some time. Why, if there's one individual outside of President Trump who is more responsible for securing our borders and fixing a truly broken immigration system... It is our next guest, former colleague of mine in the White House, former assistant to the president, Stephen Miller. Thank you for coming in studio. Thank you. Great to see you again and great to be here with you today. All right. So I've got lots of questions to ask you. Uh, you now hang your hat at the America First uh, legal organization, aflegal.org, where you are the president. Yes. Uh, so much to discuss. First question. Let's just get the basics. Is there any country in the world developed or semi-developed, I'm not talking about Somalia, but I'm talking about, you know, reasonably run countries. Is there any country in the world out of the, what, 196, 197 countries that has an open border like America does? Any other country? No, nothing, in fact, even comes close. Nothing even approximates or approaches anything like what's happening on our southern border today. You talk about developed countries. One of the preconditions for being a developed country is having control over your territory. In fact, the State Department talks a lot about territorial sovereignty in reference to other countries. The State Department's always... Like Ukraine. Yes. Always very concerned anytime another country lacks control over its territory. 
To be a functioning, stable, modern society, you have to have control over your territory. There's no other country, no peer nation, no near peer, no one that is even in the realm of what we have today where you effectively have a system where the border agents and ICE officers have been impressed by Secretary Mayorkas and Joe Biden into being a transport service for illegal aliens. There's no other law enforcement agency in the world that is currently providing this service to illegal immigrants. Basically, uh, somebody, I can't remember who coined it originally, the Customs and Border Protection Service that is meant to exercise that national sovereignty for us have become akin to the greeters at Walmart for illegals. Correct, except... It's worse than that in the sense that... Um, Walmart doesn't give you $5,000, <laughs> free phone, and a ticket to anywhere you want to go, right? Right. You have, you, number one, you have to pay for the services at Walmart. Right. And unless you're in a, which is increasing the case, but unless you're in a, in a Soros district, you're supposed to at least buy, abide by the laws while you're there. This, you, you have federal law enforcement officers that are being forced to sanction criminality of the most severe kind, not just the crime of illegal entry, but as displayed in that clip you were showing, human trafficking, child trafficking, child enslavement, labor trafficking, crimes that are significant and severe felonies in which border agents and ICE officers are being forced to become a link in the human smuggling or trafficking chain. I guarantee you, border agents all day, every day, are apprehending groups with children, transferring them for resettlement, knowing with absolute certainty that those children are going to be going into either enslavement conditions, sex trafficking, labor trafficking, or just abuse on its own terms, which is horrific enough. Yeah. Knowing that and knowing they are powerless to do anything about it because they are forbidden from engaging in law enforcement activity. Yeah, it, it, that, that must be so soul-destroying for those officers whenever we have Mark Morgan on, on the show, the former commissioner. Yeah, a good friend of mine. I always ask him, the last question I always ask him, whatever else the breaking news is, is how is the morale of his former organization? And it must be catastrophic. When you're not allowed to do your job, but you also know you are assisting the worst people in the world, like the Coyotes. Uh, let, let's, you know, let's talk brass tacks. What has happened in the last three years? Could you, could you give us some sense? I mean, you were the architect of what we did in the White House, what, how the president secured the border back then. How many people are we talking about? Because we have the encounters, and right. then we have the gotaways, then we have the don't knows, you know, the famous Rumsfeld quote, that you know, right. the don't knows, the things we don't know that we don't right. know. The known unknowns and the, the, the unknown unknowns. So yep. could you give us a snapshot of the catastrophe that has been the last three years in, in, in rough numbers? Yes, yeah, so this is a question, of course, that everybody wants to know the answer to. And it's impossible to do anything other than provide educated guesses. And, and those of us who have experience in this area hopefully would have more educated guesses. So we know on paper that Border Patrol has encountered over 8 million illegal aliens. Right? That's a very straightforward Three number. Three years, 8 right. million. Then, and, and with the vast majority of whom are being released. You saw the clip recently, or maybe you saw it. Uh, not a clip, sorry, reporting um, that said that Mayorkas in a closed-door meeting acknowledged that more than 85% of illegals are being released. Right. Then on top of that, and you alluded to it, you have the category that's known as gotaways. 
Uh, on paper, that's roughly two million so far. These are individuals that Border Patrol has intelligence to know across, but couldn't apprehend. So this, they have they right. have some sign. They have maybe some uh, surveillance. It could be anything from surveillance right. to a, to a to a physical sign, like footsteps, footprints. Right. But they didn't in, they didn't right. encounter them. Or even more even more harrowing for a border agent, a runner they don't catch. Right, a literal, right? a literal yes. runaway. Right, and well, so that then there's the third category though, which maybe is the scariest of all. Uh, which is people that we just don't know across. They have no particular intelligence or knowledge. They came through a tunnel. Uh, they came through uh, the river. Uh, they simply evaded detection using camouflage, uh, just using effective smuggling tactics, whatever it may be. If you had asked me three years ago, I would have said to you that the number of gotaways in the known category and the number in the unknown category would be roughly equal, like a one-for-one ratio. Mm-hmm. But because so many border agents have now been pulled off the line for migrant processing... And since such large swaths of the border are now totally unpatrolled, I believe that number is several increments higher than equal to the number of known gotaways. So without being committed to a specific number, I would estimate that number is probably another six or seven million at this point in time. Now, my, on my top of the mark 10 has million. been eight plus eight, so I've doubled right. it. So I've said it's got to be at least 16 million. Right, so right in the same place. If you add up my math and I did it in a sort of a Byzantine way, right. I'm basically saying, yeah, 10 plus another six or seven, right. yes. And, and let's talk for a second about this magic number of how many illegals were here already. Right. Because it's been static. It's been like <laughs> right. 14 million for 40 years. Seriously, so, right? always the same number no matter when it's asked, yes. So, <laughs> Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. What could be the actual real number of people who are here illegally? How many tens of millions? So I've subscribed to the view for a while uh, that the accurate number pre-Biden um, of the static population was probably more than the 20 million range. Right. Uh, so I think we're basically looking at the end of a Biden term of a, of a near doubling event. Yeah, so 40, right. 40 million illegals by... The end of this year, yeah. We'll be looking at a near doubling event. And, and again, these things can never, of course, be known with any certainty. But, um, but when you have, as I mentioned hundreds of miles of unpatrolled border, and you have a world in which there's several billion people living on a dollar or two a day, it just stands to reason that that's going to be exploited to the fullest extent possible. We're talking to Stephen Miller. He's the president of America First Illegal. Uh, check them out right now. Donate to that organization. We have the Chiron. AFlegal.org is the URL. And follow him on social media at Stephen M. That's Stephen M. I'm Sebastian Walker. This is America First One on One. If you value, we don't, when, when in regular media, especially television, television, do you get to talk about an issue with a real expert 
for an hour. It's like a, a seven-minute segment, usually. If you value the long form as much as we do and the guests we get on the show for you, make sure you follow us on the podcast platform of your choice, whichever it is. Plug in my name, Sebastian Gorka, America First. Leave us a five-star review. Share the links with your friends. And if you want the border to be secure again, we need to make 4547. It's up to us, God willing. Fly the Trump 2024 flag. Get the yard sign with the booking photograph from Atlanta, the mug, and so much else at sebgorkastore.com. That's S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A store.com. But most important of all, support him directly at DonaldJTrump.com. That's DonaldJTrump.com. Threats to our financial freedom and stability are growing. China, Russia, India, Brazil, and Saudi Arabia are conducting international trade in local currencies, not the U.S. dollar. Rising interest rates and bad loans are exposing the banking system and causing failures. The Biden administration sends hundreds of billions abroad while depleting our strategic oil reserves and ignoring crumbling infrastructure. However, the biggest financial threat may be coming from within. Central bank digital currency is real. Patents have been filed and the big banks have released plans for implementation. The vets at Midas Gold Group see tyrannical implications. The end of cash? The end of financial privacy? Big government able to see your every purchase? Could there be ties to a social credit system? You can own private currency. Gold and silver. Get free silver just for asking Midas Gold Group how you can use your retirement to own physical gold. Call Midas Gold Group today at 855-322-GOLD. That's 855-322-4653. MidasGoldGroup.com. If you enjoy these discussions, three hours a day, five days a week, if that isn't enough for you, I've got a suggestion. We're going to be spending July 4th weekend with you, our fellow patriots, on the Patriots Alaska Cruise. June 29th to July 6th, we will be reveling in the majesty of, I think it's indisputable, the most beautiful state of the Union. We will be discussing the geopolitics of the last three years, what it will take to wrest back the Republic from those who are destroying it. And you can ask me whatever you want. How about a QA? and a We're going to have a Q&A for a whole week. Book your cabin right now, sebgorka.com. Come with me, Katie, uh, Jennifer Horn, our colleague out of Los Angeles, and some other MAGA surprise guests. That's S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A, sebgorka.com, and the Patriots Alaska Cruise. So uh, let me get a little bit personal now with regards to what we've witnessed in the last three years. My parents were real refugees. They were given asylum. Because my father had a life sentence in a communist prison, was liberated by the revolutionaries in Hungary in 1956. After he got out of prison and the revolution was crushed, he was informed by a relative inside the interior ministry that he was on a shoot-to-kill list. Meaning if he were recaptured, he's not going back to prison, he will be shot and kicked into the gutter. As a result, he escaped with the 17-year-old daughter of a fellow prisoner, made it to a refugee camp in Austria, was interrogated for, I think, six, seven weeks to prove that he was actually, uh, you know, anti-communist, wasn't a threat to the West. And then he was given a choice of where to live. They told him Australia's taking refugees, America, uh, the UK, and Canada. And he said, he said the UK. And he ends up in UK, and he is granted asylum, and then eventually naturalized in citizenship, because he would be killed if he went back to Hungary. This administration is playing with us in an Orwellian fashion. Can you explain this app that is used by the illegal immigrants sitting in Mexico to pre-clear themselves 
and then put them in this magical status as if they're all political refugees or not really economic migrants. They, they, they've played with the definition of words like asylum seeker and refugee, have they not, Stephen? Yes, well, the whole, the whole language has become bastardized beyond recognition, and that's by design. Right. And so you see these terms being used somewhat interchangeably, refugee, asylum seeker. The main difference for those who may be interested in, in the real world of using these terms accurately is a refugee is somebody who applies outside your country and an asylum seeker applies at your border. But both of them, both the concept of an asylum seeker and a refugee are based in the idea that you're suffering, and these, these came out of World War II, right. these concepts, that you're suffering an extremely specific kind of persecution based on a protected characteristic. So race, religion, or very specific kinds of political persecution, for example, being an anti-communist. Things that are innate to your very existence in the country in which you live and cannot be remedied through living in some other place or some other part of your country. Right. Right? So, for example, uh, a lot of the people from the Northern Triangle countries who are coming and claiming asylum, their basic claim, in not so many words, is that my country is dangerous. In no form whatsoever is that an asylum claim. It's not in any way, shape, or form a cognizable asylum claim. If we were to view that as an actual asylum claim, then by that same definition, every person living in the south side of Chicago is eligible for resettlement to the place of their choice inside the United States of America. Or, likewise, billions of people and then, across yes, the globe. And then half of the world. Right. right? The, moreover, this is a little bit um, uh, specific, but you may be interested to know, this is something that we did in the Trump administration as we were putting into place Remain in Mexico and other uh, impediments to asylum fraud. There's a regulation that's been on the books for about 20 years that says that you're not eligible for asylum if your claim can be remedied simply by living in another place in your own country. Right, so and if there's a safer part of your, your country... Of your own country. If you don't like living in a violent yes. you know, ghetto... The, then the countryside. Go to the countryside. Right, right. and so we actually sent to um, the asylum officers a heat map showing in the Northern Triangle all the places that are safer than America. <laughs> right? All of the cities inside Northern Triangle countries where it is safer to live than major American metropolitan areas where people are moving to as illegal aliens. Because the whole thing is a fraud. And it's not just Northern Triangle. South America, Middle East, Africa. You have migrants that are clearly coming here illegally for the purpose of getting economic opportunities or welfare. And, and just to underscore that, we have this photograph uh, from Matt Gates that he put on social media on Wednesday of the discarded passports at the border from all the nations of the world, including China, Ukraine, Venezuela, because these people don't want to admit they're from a country there where there's no political persecution. Correct. Uh, and they're saying, well, I'm from... Right, they're trying to hide and conceal the facts of their identity to discard documentary evidence. And there's another very important point, and this also relates to regulatory work we did in the Trump administration. So we implemented several policies that basically said, in not so many words, that if you fail to apply for asylum in a, quote, safe country on your way to America, you can't apply for asylum here. Isn't that a principle of international law, that if, if, you're, if you're seeking asylum because of this pr protected status, you can't leave, uh, I don't know, um, let's pick a, you know, Mongolia, and then 
and then traverse go through, right. 12 different countries right. and then decide, well, I'm going to be an asylum seeker in America. Right. You, have to sit, you have to register in the first safe country you right. put a you it's put called It's called forum shopping. And, and so we, we introduced several policies, the sum effect of which were that you can't even apply for asylum in America if you failed to avail yourself an opportunity to apply for asylum in some other country on your way here. You have illegal aliens who will come from, say, a country in Asia. They'll make landfall in, say, South America, you know, maybe Brazil. Then they'll go to Panama. Then they'll go up through Central America, through Mexico. And then they'll come to the United States and say, "Um, there's a gang lord on my block in the country I came from. And so I just took a quick 3,000-mile trip over here to San Diego. Um, there's, a, there's that <laughs> right. video uh, again yeah. last week. I don't. It was. I think it was Ben Burkwam who posted it. Who's been doing some amazing work, where an Iranian, a Persian, is interviewed, who's crossed into America. They hide his his visage, his face, and he he actually says on on tape. He says, "I'm worried for the safety of the country I've landed in as an illegal, because I know bad people are coming to this country." And military age, and he says this on camera. But then he asks, I think it's Ben asking him, so how did you come here if you're from Iran? Oh, um, I flew to Turkey, and then I came from Turkey to America <laughs> right. to Mexico. And you're like, yes. hang on a second, that's like, that's like quote-unquote refugee tourism. Correct, it's refugee tourism. And so one of the other things we did in the Trump administration, uh, so basically for every problem we had a solution. So one of the other things that we did is we told Mexico to stop putting illegals on flights to Mexico City. Illegals would fly all over the world to Mexico City, and then the last, the last step up, they would use Mexican uh, smuggler organizations and coyotes. And we would say, don't put them on the planes. And of course, because we were a serious administration led by President Trump, who the world took seriously, they shut that down. Every time we saw a, a, a failing or a weakness in the system we inherited... We assembled the full team. We went into President Trump. We said, here's the weakness in the system. Here's how we shut it down. And then he would say, well, tell me what you need from me. And we would say, well, we're going to ask nicely to this country first. And then if that doesn't work, then we're going to put you on the phone. Right. And, right. and, and, then, and then, then things <laughs> right. magically seem to get fixed. Yes. We're talking to Stephen Miller, president of the America First Legal Organization. Follow him at Stephen M. on social media, former assistant to the president. This is America First coming to you from the ReliefFactor.com studios. Don't forget to give us a follow. We are on all the social media platforms that matter, excluding that fascistic uh, site, YouTube. So just plug in Seb Gorka or Sebastian Gorka on True Social, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Parler, Getter, Telegram, or, or watch us on the Salem News Channel app. And don't forget my Substack for unique content written by me and direct access to me. That's SebastianGorka.Substack.com. That's my whole name as one word, SebastianGorka.Substack.com. Did you know that 84% of New Year's resolutions fail in the first six weeks? That's got me thinking about PhD weight loss and nutrition and why it was a success for me. Why I haven't gained one pound of my 42-pound weight loss back. Why Jeff, my producer, decided to start the program. Most people blame their failure on a lack of time, motivation, and a loss of zeal. PhD makes it simple. It doesn't take a lot of extra time. They are masters of motivation. You have a team of coaches by your side the whole time, and you don't lose your zeal because every 
every week you make great strides, so you stay excited. Do something different this year and call PhD Weight Loss and Nutrition, 864-644-1900 to get started. Or online at myphdweightloss.com. Don't do this alone. The number, 864-644-1900, myphdweightloss.com. We inherited a broken and dismantled system that is already under strain. It is not built to manage the current levels and types of migratory flows. Only Congress can fix this. Yet, we have effectively managed an unprecedented number of non-citizens seeking to enter the United States. We, the Biden administration, inherited a broken system. It's clips like that that enrage me. I believe he's one of the most evil people to have ever served in government because that man knows he's lying and he knows the suffering he's causing to Americans and to illegal immigrants and also the national security threat he has engendered. We'll discuss in a moment. You heard the uh, the news on Friday from our friend Mike Lindell. He has been banned. He's been canceled by Fox News because I guess he's a real conservative. Let's have Mike's back right now. As we used to say in the White House, you're only taking flack when you're over the target. Support this great patriot, this uh, friend of President Trump's. Uh, please go to his website. He's got over 200 items made by Americans here in America. MyPillow.com. Use my name for up to 66% off. Let's have Mike's back. 800-829-8468. Don't buy that Chinese garbage on Amazon. Talk to an American here. Treat yourself. Treat your loved ones. MyPillow.com or 800-829-8468 and G-O-R-K-A for the maximal discount. How do you, um, you seem a very calm individual, Stephen. How do you maintain <laughs> your blood pressure well, when you hear clips like that? Because he knows he's lying. He, he knows that he and his boss Biden have become the largest child and human traffickers in U.S. history. Correct. Correct? Not just in U.S. history. No, human, human history. Right. In terms of the sheer scale and number of it. I mean, maybe there's a historian out there who can find an example from centuries and centuries ago. But in terms of the scale of it, just, just on unaccompanied minors is the term of art that's used. These are illegal aliens who are 17 or younger or claiming to be. Just in that group alone, so people who are dropped off at the border with no legal guardian or parent in that age group alone, recorded half a million just in that category alone. Again, those aren't the ones who are being smuggled in by adults who are pretending to be parents. parents or pretending to be an uncle or whatever. These are people that are just a, six, a group, a group of six-year-olds just dropped at the border, coyote runs, smuggler runs, and then they're sent to their, quote, sponsor, often another legal alien in the United States, and then never seen again. Just another, in that, another part of right. the network, another person who's part Correct. of the smuggling network. Right, they'll, even, they'll have a name on a wrist or a toe or a phone number, and then we, the U.S. government, under Biden will then make the connection. Just in that group alone, half a million. I, I'm not always so calm. And it is enraging. And when I see clips like the one you just played, it does indeed uh, make my, my blood just curdle with anger. So on January of 2021, they inherited the most secure immigration system that is ever been in existence in the United States since there has been such a thing as illegal immigration. Give us some numbers, especially after Title 42. How, how closed was the border? The best way to measure that is simply that from the time and place in which we put Title 42, there was zero discretionary releases. In other words, there was a 100% success rate. 
for apprehension through removal. And when I say discretionary, the only exceptions to that would be a medical emergency. So, you know, if we're apprehending someone who has to go to the hospital, right, and you know, they have, say, like a, a kidney bursting inside of them and there needs to be some emergency thing or they're going to die in custody. But absent some extremely exigent circumstance, a 100% success rate on repatriation, no matter who they apprehended, a minor, a family, fake family, a single adult, any age, any demographic. And here's the, the key part about that, any country. Yeah. Because the complexity of managing the U.S. southern border is that back when Bush was president, it was almost exclusively Mexican. Mm-hmm. So it's just a bilateral relationship. Right. They cross, and literally 30-minute drive back to the port of entry, here you go. That's your job all day long. Catch them back to the port of entry. And, and Bush, by the way, back then, for the several percent that weren't Mexican, they were set free. But nobody really noticed because it was just a few percentage points. Mm-hmm. Then when Obama came in, same policy. Most people who were arriving were Mexican. Now, it wasn't any more 90%. It started to go down to 80%, maybe 70%. And, and again, non-Mexicans, because they're too complicated. Oh, it comes from Cameroon. He comes from Peru. He comes from Uruguay. We'll send him to court in seven years and figure it out later. <laughs> so when we, when we showed up, there was literally no system for deporting non-Mexicans. Yeah. Border agents only deported Mexicans. Everybody else was referred to be solved at some future point in time. So we had to develop a system for deporting illegal aliens from every single country in the world, including places that had no history of cooperating with the United States at all. So we had to apply substantial economic and other leverage to make them accept their own nationals back. So just the logistics of it, which I'm sure you can appreciate, of having border agents apprehend a group of two, three hundred people from two dozen different countries. You have as young as two, as old as, you know, 75. And the logistics of making sure that everybody gets home rapidly and on time, that's what he inherited. If he had just done absolutely nothing but maintain those policies, we would have continued to have the most secure border in history. But he dismantled every one of them. The ones that are famous that we all know about remain in Mexico, safe third agreements, border wall, but also many other ones that many people don't know about. For example, President Trump set the record for the most prosecutions of immigration crimes in history. In other words, we directed DOJ to prosecute people for child smuggling, harboring, illegal entry, felony reentry, the whole litany of immigration crimes. That establishes a powerful deterrent because there's real jail time. One of the reasons why you have so many gotaways today is there's no consequence for trying and trying and trying. Right. See, if you go into jail for a year, you might think twice before trying again. Right. Right. But it's just, you get caught, and even if you're, this is just some Mexicans now, so for the percentage that the small percentage that is going back, they're just Mexican adult males primarily, and they're just being driven back, right? They're getting in on their second, third, or fourth try. So they're all getting in as gotaways. They're because, motivated. Because they're not, yeah, it's, it's just, why not? You're, you're, you're dropped off a mile from the border, do it again. Mm-hmm. Dropped off a mile from the border, do it again. Nobody's going to jail. That was, we all had another initiative of sending Mexicans back deeper into Mexican territory. This is one that President Trump was very passionate about. It was called interior repatriation. So we would, instead of putting them on a bus or a car to the border, we'd load them on a plane and send them back deeper into Mexico. So it would be a far tougher journey right, to get back to the Right, because if you just cross border. the border, you're going to right. wait five minutes and then go across. And again, again. And again. So we had, we had, as I mentioned earlier, for every problem that existed, right. we had developed, perfected, and honed a solution. All they had to do was maintain a steady state. And they willfully dismantled all of it because, so I'll just close on the question with this point. When he's talking about inheriting a broken system, he's defining broken 
as keeping illegal aliens out. Yes. Right? Right. Broke it only in that way. Right. And when he says they're effectively managing it, he means effectively facilitating their entry. Because they want millions of illegals who will eventually be naturalized and vote Democrat. Correct. That, the, the broken system would be any, uh, barrier, to that any barrier to making illegals Democrats. Yes. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Got it, guys? That's the real explanation. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First. We are coming to you from the Refactor.com studios. Just outside the insalubrious, fetid, rank, malodorous, noisome, ghastly swamp that is Washington, D.C. Refactor. It's real. It works. It is liberating over a million Americans from their daily pain. I am one of them. If you know somebody like that, maybe a loved one, somebody in your family or you yourself, if they've tried everything else and failed to find relief, do what I did. It's been five years now as of this January. I had a low back pain issue that plagued me for nine years, almost a decade. I took Relief Factor two weeks later. I was pain-free, and I'm still pain-free years later. That should be you. Find out today. There's only one way, but it's super easy. Order the three-week quick starter pack at relieffactor.com. It'll be at your door in three days or less. Take it morning and evening like I do, and I promise you, Dr. G's guarantee. By the end of those three weeks, you will know whether it works for you, like it works for me and a million of your fellow Americans. 1-800-4-RELIEF or just go to relieffactor.com. That's 1-800-473-5433. Relieffactor.com. Relieffactor.com. Are you tired of not getting a good night's sleep? Well, my friend, Mike Lindell has created the perfect solution. He didn't just stomp out the pillow. He also created the Giza Dream Bed Sheets. Made from the world's best cotton called Giza, these sheets are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. And now, for a limited time, you can get 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets with prices starting as low as $29.98 in a variety of sizes and colors and have a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio square and use promo code G-O-R-K-A at checkout. You can also find deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow 2.0 mattress topper and the MyPillow towel sets. Don't wait any longer to get the best sleep of your life. Call 800-829-8468 or go to MyPillow.com now and use promo code Gorka. That's 800-829-8468 or MyPillow.com, promo code G-O-R-K-A. So we haven't even mentioned one. I, I, this has just flown by. We've only got a, a, a few more um, minutes left with you. Let's touch upon the aspect of this that is you know, closest to my heart, and it's when I was also plunged into the thick of things at the signing of the first uh, executive order by the president uh, uh, regarding the travel ban from seven nations. And I wasn't meant to be a press guy, but Bannon and Spicer said, we need to explain to people this is an Obama threat assessment. These nations can't tell us if these people are terrorists or not. We are stopping travel from these nations. As a counterterrorism guy, if I red team, if I think like the bad guys, whether it's Al-Qaeda, Hamas, Hezbollah, MS-13, if I know the border's open... Correct. Millions of people flooding through, gotaways and encounters. I am going to be flooding America with my assets. This, this, is, this should be a tier one national security threat. Correct? There's no graver threat. Nothing even approaches it in magnitude or severity. It, it used to be the assumption in counterterrorism circles that the paramount threat of terrorist entry to the United States, uh, 9-11 being, of course, the most... Um, tragic example, would be through visa fraud. 
And, and the, overstays right. or fraudulent student visas. And all the different kinds right. of schemes one could imagine. And that's why, during the Trump administration, we did, and of course would immediately re-implement, a series of substantial barriers to terrorist entry through the visa system. But because Biden's border is completely open, it is now my assumption that terrorist organizations, uh, malevolent actors, spies, and all manner of foreign threats would see the path of least resistance for entering the country without question. Because you're not in any facial recognition software, you're not fingerprinted in any way, you'd have no paper trail, no record at all, obviously through the southern border of the United States. We will not know, potentially for years, how many cells, how many operatives, how many terrorists, how many organizers of criminal activity and other threatening behavior have entered this country. Because it's it's in their evil interest to, to bide their time a bit before they launch various plots because they have an open window now to do whatever they want to do to get into the country. Come to the border, jettison your passport, say you're from Mexico or El Salvador and just walk over. You've mentioned this phrase twice now. For every problem, we had a solution in the Trump administration. Here's the answer our three and a half million listeners are, are going to want to, to hear from you. If, God willing, we do our part, and President Trump goes from being the 45th to the 47th president, if we bring back people like you, Tom Homan, Mark Morgan, and the rest, can all of this be undone? I mean, 40 million illegals, th- there's no army on earth that's the size of 40 million. I love it when I ask Mark Morgan how we were going to deal with this in terms of deportation. Mark always says, one by one. But we can't just flick a switch. We can, we can put back the executive orders and everything else. But how much of a heavy lift is this going to be in, in just a four-year period, Stephen? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a feat similar in size and scale to the other great American projects that have been undertaken. You know, for example, the Transcontinental Railroad or right. digging the Panama Canal. The answer is that we can and indeed will do it. Must. Will do it if 45 becomes 47. But we have to be honest with people about the scope and scale of the project involved. It will be an all-of-nation, all-of-government, state, local, and federal effort. And I'll be blunt. Conservatives will need to have the stomach for it. Yeah. Conservatives have gotten weak not all of them, not your listeners, but as a group, over time, they've let the left capture their spaces, capture the dialogue, capture their schools, capture their communities, capture the criminal justice system, and largely have basically just complained about it and done nothing. And you know the left is going to run a moral extortion campaign to, to find whatever sympathetic example they can to say... Here, because, here are the yes, victims being preyed upon. I found one sympathetic example, right. therefore you can't have a country. Right. That's how the left operates with everything, by the way. Mm-hmm. I find one example that I can probably lie about, too. Right. It can seem sympathetic. Ergo, you don't get to have a country. Ergo, you have no border, no nothing. So we need to, we need to understand that's the game they're going to play. And our answer has to be No. This is happening. We're doing it. I don't care how uncomfortable it makes you. I don't care how uncomfortable it makes the corporate press. I don't care how many headlines you write. We are going to save this country or lose it forever. So to answer your question, can it be done and can it be reversed? The answer to both those questions is yes. Yes. But the window on that opens and closes in the year 2025. Right. That's how final this is right now. 
Uh, I should have started with this, but I had so many questions to ask you, just so people, people are more familiar with you from beyond just your time in the Trump administration and now your new organization. How did you get into this? Because I know you were you know, right-hand man for Senator Sessions, but how did you become you know, the expert on immigration? Well, well, I, tell, tell us about your background. I grew up in Southern California, so my introduction to immigration was experiential. I went through the public school system, and I saw how neighborhoods and communities that were previously idyllic, previously very safe, previously places that everyone wanted to live, weren't any of those things anymore. And I saw how the education system in particular had become totally dysfunctional. Uh, you know, in my school, there were so many students, uh, even, even though they had been potentially living in America for quite some time, who were not even remotely fluent in English. You know, when it came time for standardized tests, and the school would be ranked, I have vivid memories. The test would be passed out, and some students who came from illegal families, when the test came, they would just take it, turn it over, put their pencil down, and just sit for the whole hour. Wow. Just not, not even participating. And so I saw example after example after example in California how this wasn't working. And so when I went to Washington, my first job actually was for Michelle Bachman. Oh, I was her press secretary. Fabulous. Yes. And, yeah. um, and there was a terrible tragedy that occurred in Minnesota. I think it was in a city called Cottonwood. And now these kinds of things are so common. We hear about them all the time. But an illegal alien driver who there had been multiple opportunities for deportation, you know, fake documents, fake this, fake that, obviously couldn't read a stop sign, couldn't read anything, had no place behind a car, all kinds of issues, plowed right into a school bus. I think four kids were killed as a result. Don't know the exact number. And it affected me so deeply, just looking at the pictures of these kids, five years old, six years old, seven years old, their whole life stolen from them. And if there was any particular moment in my life where I really said, this is what I want to devote myself to, mm. it was probably then and there. And so then I continued through my whole time on Capitol Hill, using whatever mental faculties God gave me to really devote myself to this issue, take us all the way up now to 2015. And when Donald Trump announced in his speech, that very day, I decided I was going to work for Donald Trump. And I called Steve Bannon, in fact. Oh, really? And I said, Steve, you got to put me in touch with Corey, Corey Lewandowski. Yeah, yeah. And the rest, from that point in time, is history, as they say. And isn't there, I, I'm just remembering now that the, the neurons are, are, are sparking, a connection to my former Salem colleague, Larry Elder. Weren't you a listener? Yes, yes. So during these high school years, I would go on Larry's show probably for a time every two weeks. and provide. But a, as a caller, right? Well, no, he, well... I wrote him a letter, uh-huh. an email. He invited me on the show. Wow. And then we would do regular segments every two weeks. And it would just be to update on the goings-on in my high school. So wow. I, was, I went to Santa Monica High School, which was um, a large public school, about 3,400 students. How, and did, again, the, how did the school react to these updates? Not, <laughs> they, I was, um, I was the, the least liked man on campus. But <laughs> I, I was very glad for it because... You have to learn at some point in your life, if you're going to be successful as a conservative, you have to learn to be loathed by the right people. Yes. You have to learn to borrow a phrase from FDR, to welcome the hatred of the communists, the Marxists, the lefties. Because it's a sign that you're succeeding. Yes. If, If you are bad at what you did, 
you, they'd leave you alone. Yes. It's very simple. And once you, once that instinct's properly honed, in other words, once your mind is set right about good validation and, and, um, and bad validation. Yes. In other words, if the New York Times is doing something right, that's very bad validation. <laughs> like, run, run away, right? Um, but if Media Matters is attacking you, right. then this is wonderful. Once that's set right in your mind, then you can be remarkably effective and be a happy warrior the whole time through. And I will just say this, because it needs to be said. Uh, however good you think President Trump was on the border, he was better. Because I know what we faced. I know every day there were 200 or almost 200 countries knocking on our door trying to get in. Yeah. I know what he faced, how many world leaders he had to deal with. I know the Congress he had to deal with, the courts he had to deal with, the deep state he had to deal with. I know what he had to deal with every day on that front, and he still got it done. This is something we forget uh, far too often. That, and we can kind of delete two years because of COVID. What was achieved by our former boss in just two years including subversive elements at all levels of government, from Vindman to John Kelly. The fact that he achieved what he achieved is, is truly stunning. We're talking to Stephen Miller. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First. Very excited to announce the new product from Relief Factor. It's as important as pain relief, because if you want to be healthy, you've got to eat right, you've got to exercise, but if you don't get your sleep things go south very, very quickly. Their brand new product, for which I have been a guinea pig now for almost half a year, is a natural sleep aid that doesn't leave you drowsy in the morning, that helps you get that restorative sleep that is so essential to functioning properly as a human being. My wife, who, look, I'm a night owl. You know me, guys. I'm up till 2, 3 in the morning. She is up before the sun rises, usually at 5. Now she takes one of these little capsules or two, and she sleeps till 6.30 or 7? That's unheard of. That's how good it is. Find out for yourself. Get a good night's sleep. It's so crucial. I think you know the phone number. 1-800-4-RELIEF or go to relieffactor.com slash sleep. That's 1-800-473-5433, relieffactor.com slash sleep. You know, when they let, I think the real number is 15, 16 million people into our country, when they do that, we got a lot of work to do. They're poisoning the blood of our country. That's what they've done. They poison mental institutions and prisons all over the world, not just in South America, not just the three or four countries that we think about, but all over the world they're coming into our country from Africa, from Asia, all over the world. They're pouring into our country. Nobody's even looking at them. They just come in. The, I like the phrase uh, our guest Stephen Miller used uh, instead of mainstream media, the corporate press. The corporate press hated that part of President Trump's speech. Um, and that's good, uh, as Stephen was saying, uh, as Winston Churchill said, if you've made enemies, that's a good thing. That means you've stood for something. I had a rather peculiar relationship uh, with my colleagues in the White House, some of them, especially in the press department, because I told them, I don't talk to the press. Off record, on record, on background, if they're corporate press, they want to destroy President Trump and they hate the people who voted for him. So we have to understand, what did you say, the good validation and right. the bad validation, which is the corporate press. Um, he's absolutely right, of course. Whether it's fentanyl, whether it's criminals, whether it's terrorists, the body of America is being poisoned every single day by illegals. One last question, very simple one, prosaic one. Walls, Stephen Miller, do they work? Nothing works better. And I'll just add this last point, though, which is that the beauty of the Trump system that will be put back into effect and then obviously built upon is that not only 
was the wall built, but that anybody who tried to get around, under, through, whatever it was, to my earlier point, if our law enforcement put hands on you, the only place you ended up was on a plane or a bus out of the country. Not to New York. <laughs> not, not to, to New York, to not to Chicago, Martha's not to Vineyard. L.A. Right. No. Back on the other side. All right. Um, th this guy was you know, one of the 80-pound brains inside the White House. Please give him a follow. Support his organization, America First Legal, aflegal.org. Uh, his uh, social media account is Stephen M. That's at Stephen M. And please support the president as well. We are in a civilizational war for this nation. Uh, he is, of course, the only president to go to Jerusalem and to the temple wall as president you helped design this item you made it a number one item on the website it's him that iconic picture at the wailing wall with the words in english and hebrew our fight it's about national sovereignty it's about those who wish to destroy our nation the greatest nation on god's green earth be they criminals be they human traffickers be they terrorists get that and all the other america first gear at sebgorkastore.com including all of my books from the one that propelled me to the white house defeating jihad which is sadly more relevant than ever to the one i wrote after i left the administration why we fight and the most recent more relevant than it ever was the war for america's soul get all that and so much more at sebgorkastore.com you've been listening to a very special america first with me, Sebastian Gorka, former strategist to the President of the United States. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, keep your head on a swivel, watch your six, hold the line, never give up, never give in, and stay frosty. Our fathers brought forth upon this continent a new nation, Conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. The world will little note or long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. I have a dream to do. Ask not. What your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I can hear you, the rest of the world hears you, and the people... This is America First with Sebastian Gorka. Still, it looks like the Trump train has just blasted out of the station. Not even Pete Buttigieg can derail it. But since we, since we all knew that this would happen despite the other candidates spending a combined 250 million bucks campaigning, was it all really necessary? Think about that. 250 mil for an election the Republicans knew would turn out this way with Trump way out on top. That's a lot of money to waste when you could invest it in a couple of Hunter Biden paintings. <laughs> 
Point is, uh, for the sake of chasing an illusion, couldn't that money have been directed elsewhere, like maybe at the guy the Republicans are trying to beat in November? No, not Michelle Obama. <laughs> Who put that in there? <laughs> I don't know about the, you know, the, it's not canned laughter, but the little audience they have at Fox, and it really is small. I've done, you know, his show, and it's a, it's a little group, but... Greg's still one of the good guys. Greetings, dear friends. I do believe it's Wednesday. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First. Welcome to the Salem Network across the nation. 2024. The Republican Party. What it means to be a conservative. Let's just take the first part of what Greg just said there. I think you probably agree with me. Spending more than... $200 million on a primary? That's just obscene. And imagine if you'd spent that actually against the other side, telling the truth about what the left has wrought with this nation in the last three years, in the last 30 years, the last 50 years. And instead of running against President Trump, supporting him, Why? Not because he's President Trump or not because he was the former president or because this is a party that has become some kind of cult around an individual or a personality. But for one simple reason. Morality. Your attitude to the truth where you stand on what is right and what is wrong. Let's be clear. Whatever your opinion on what happened in 2020 really doesn't matter today in terms of 2024 and who you have to support. I, for one, will state explicitly, not just because a friend of mine made the movie 2000 Mules and not because I'm in that documentary, but because of the facts of the matter. COVID was used to steal that election. Yes, steal it. Sending out 81 million ballots to voters who did not request them. I voted before absentee ballot because I was traveling for the Defense Department. And I had to prove that. I had to have my superiors certify that I'd be out of the country. Okay, fine. But tens of millions of ballots sent out... Governors like the then governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia, Ralph Northam, saying for the first time in the history of the Commonwealth that we are not going to verify signatures on mailed-in ballots. Why? Why would you not verify them? Because they're not the real signatures. That's why. And then having billions of dollars, at least $420 million from one person alone, Mark Zuckerberg, flood into the local running of elections to privatize them, to create ballot drop boxes in almost exclusively Democrat strongholds, where we have the GPS tracking data from the cell phones, so-called mules were collecting and dropping off hundreds, thousands of ballots in dozens of different counties, sometimes at 3 a.m., 4 a.m. That's... That's not a normal voting pattern. That's not a real election. That's the theft of an election. 
pristine ballots being pulled from under tables in luggage, seen on the CCTV, cardboard plastered up against the windows so Republican lawyers, attorneys, and poll watchers can't look in at how ballots are being processed. And don't give me this garbage. Oh, he had 70 cases of fraud that were never, never, never accepted and that were struck down by judges. Lies. The judges almost exclusively, because they're cowards, refused to hear the cases. Even the Supreme Court said, Texas doesn't have standing in a federal election, which is weird because the last time I looked, the president of the United States happens to be the president of Texas as well. So how does one state of the union not have standing in the probity of our federal elections? You're too afraid to investigate it as a judge? Afraid of what? The truth? It's too political? What is more important than knowing if our elections are free and fair? How many Americans have died for our freedoms? Since 1945, I'll tell you, because I did the math, 103,000 men and mostly men have died in uniform. So you can be free, including the judges who said, no, Rudy, I'm not going to hear your case. How dare you? How dare you spit on the graves of the GIs, the Marines, the sailors, the coasties, the airmen, the pilots who died for your right to choose your own executive But here's the bottom line about primaries and 2024 and the election. If you don't support the 45th president of the United States, you're actually sending a very powerful message to the left and to the fascists that you're okay with political persecution. You're okay with the private residence of a president who just left the Oval Office being raided at gunpoint by the FBI. You're, you're fine with his assistants being arrested at Reagan Airport, put in leg shackles, and then strip-searched in Hinckley's cell on a contempt of Congress charge. You're fine with over 200,000 instances of the Department of Justice surveilling Americans illegally. You're fine with political prisoners being held in solitary, being remanded in custody for more than two years on trespass charges? If you don't support the man who has been targeted repeatedly by the organs of a fascistic, Democrat-controlled state, then you might as well be voting Democrat because you don't believe in America. Because what we have witnessed in the last three years is the antithesis of America. It's the opposite of equality before the law, and it is the opposite of rule of law. It's really that simple. Either what they're doing is wrong or it isn't. If it's wrong, you have to stand with the man who's fighting for us and who is being attacked the most. It's a simple metric. 
support the man they hate the most. I'm Sebastian Gorka. We have an amazing show for you. One-on-one with the brains, the brains of the White House when it comes to immigration, the president's amazing speeches, and so much more. Stephen Miller in studio. We'll have my good buddy, Jennifer Horn. We'll have the truth about what's happening on the border. We'll speak to Mark Lotter. And what a true patriot, Lee Zeldin, who came so close to being governor of New York. But he's coming back in a big way. Make sure you are subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. Plug in my name, Sebastian Gawker, America First. Leave a five-star review. Share the links with your friends. And if you want him back, if you want sanity in the White House, check out all the amazing gear at sebgawkerstore.com, including the support, I support, 45 Trump flag, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A store.com, and support him directly at donaldjtrump.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 